Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. It's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I'm actually really looking forward to having a bit of a chinwag to my guest today, Trish Springsteen. And I met Trish, uh, was just at the end of last year at an event on the Sunshine Coast in our local community. And we happened to see each other eyes across the room. I was looking for a chair and she pointed directly to the one next to hers. I thought, fabulous. That's the kind of person that I want to sit next to. So as fortune would have it, we, we ended up having a good old chin wag and I'm just looking forward to a bit more of that today to find out lots and lots about her. So just to officially introduce Trish, Trish Springsteen is a multi-international award winner speaker, mentor, coach and author. Lots of awards. Trish is passionate about creating confident communicators and awesome speakers. Gotta love that. Trish is a member of the Women's Network of Australia, the Women's Speakers Association and Business Professional Women. Trish has spoken on communication, public speaking, personal development, positive thinking, networking, leadership and gender communication. Having personally experienced the fear of public speaking and being lost for words when facing questions, Trish is passionate about helping others conquer their fear of communication and speaking. Trish enjoys helping women develop their communication, leadership, networking and presentation skills. And I'm really welcome, I'm really excited to have you here. I can't wait to hear more about this. Hi Trish. Hi Michelle, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely. I know, and it's like one of those things, it's like I'm really keen to talk to someone and part of this whole thing is I have to book people in and and so I have to sort of wait um, until I can speak to people and it's been a long wait. It feels like a long wait since since I booked you in. So it's kind of like, yay, it's finally here. (laughs) It's been a long while, but I'm looking forward to our discussion. It's going to be great. Yeah, I was really um, moved to hear your story too, a little bit about your story and how, you know, it was so hard for you um, to, you know, overcome those challenges of public speaking and having that sort of fear of, um, you know, being able to find your voice um, when answering questions and things like that. I was really inspired to hear how you've overcome that and how you're now making it your business to help others to do the same and, and also, you know, obviously... I would say, polish off the corners of those who can speak as well. Yes, that's right, because one of the things that people have and the myths that's out there is that you're born speaking. So people have the feel that, well, I can't speak, I'm afraid of speaking, I don't want to do it. And, and speaking is that, you know, probably one of the first top three fears that people have. The thing is, no one's born speaking. All those top speakers that you hear and you see They've all put years and time and learning into be great and awesome. So you too can be a speaker. And it just you don't have to be speaking to thousands of people. Uh, you can just be 
able to be confident to speak to your clients, to your suppliers, uh, maybe just being able to go into a meeting. So everybody has something natural that they can use. And what we look at is we find all those natural talents and techniques. We do polish them a little bit, just like a diamond in the rough. And then we add some maybe strategies and that. And then you can start your speaking career and be a, a speaker. That's really cool. I, I, I found my voice, um, I would have to say I found my voice when I wasn't trying to think too hard. Um, when I just allowed um, spirit to flow through me, I, I, I channeled the Lightworker Practitioner Training in 2005 on the spot in front of a group of people because I was guided by spirit to get up and teach and I didn't even know what I was going to teach. And so for me, that letting go process of I don't have an agenda, I'm just turning up and uh, obviously this is a spiritual assignment, I'm being asked to, to talk and turn up and just be willing. And it was really interesting um, what happened for me too, Trish, uh, because on that day I felt so, it was ridiculous, I felt so extraordinarily um, amazing after I did that. Like it was just like someone had literally come in and turned on a huge light and I just felt like my energy was just exploding out of my body in a really good way. And so sometimes it's like, do you find that like sometimes people overthink it and they just need to be a bit more themselves and uh, allow what needs to come through to come through? Absolutely. It's, that's one of the top characteristics actually of all speakers. I have a radio show that I do every, uh, every second Friday. And one of the things I always ask my guests is, what do you think makes a great speaker and why? And absolutely up there, maybe number one or two is being genuine. Uh, being who you are and just sharing your story with people out there. And it's, it's one of the things I say to all my mentoring clients, and I think we discussed this quite at length, is that it's really not about you. It's about the people that you're speaking to, whether it's one, five, ten, a hundred, you know, a thousand. It's what you can do and share your stories that might help someone in that audience and I call it I often say to people I say uh, are you selfish do you really want to be that selfish that you keep that story so locked inside you because if you just got 30 60 seconds of courage and stood up and opened your mouth and let that spirit through let yourself be who you are and share your message then you don't know one word a phrase a sentence that you say could just change someone's life that's sitting in that audience or that you are speaking to. And by not having that courage, by not letting it just be you and share your story, you could be stopping them from being all they can be. So when you realize that, when you realize you don't want to be selfish, because no one does, when you realize that your story could change someone's life, and when you realize it's not about you, it's about them, it becomes extremely empowering and allows you to get up there and have that courage to share that message. And then you yeah. just polish things from there. Yeah, I, I resonate with that because for me, I think the service aspect of what I was being called to do came first. Mm -hmm. So then my ego, my fear wasn't in the way. I just knew I was compelled to do it and I had to do it. And then I didn't overthink it because I couldn't overthink it because I didn't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it all just flowed through. And I feel like it is definitely, yeah, because, you know, when you said before that, that people, you ask people um, 
well, basically, if somebody has a challenge with um, speaking, what they need to say, it feels to me like it's more about not so much I won't be able to say what I need to say. It, it feels more about people won't like what me, me, actually. Yeah. And it feels more like, well, but what if people don't like me? You know, that maybe is the fear that holds people back from speaking. Because what you we're talking about is the remedy. You know, the service, the service aspect is the remedy, right? Yeah. And so the remedy is the service and getting over yourself and saying, so what? If they don't like me, that's not the point. The point is the message. That's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. It feels like a finding your voice is like a therapeutic intervention to reclaim the self as well as let go of the ego. Oh, it is. It's, I talk to people about speaking communication and people always say, well, I don't want to be a public speaker because they've got those negative thoughts, they've got that mindset, they've got that fear that people aren't going to like them, that fear that they're going to forget what to say, that fear that their peers might find out that they don't know everything and that they're maybe not the expert everybody expects. And I say to people, well, it's the actual journey that you do on your speaking journey. The things that you learn as you go along, uh, how to put together a a presentation, how to know your audience, how to structure it, how to present it, how to connect. Those techniques, when you learn that and you realise that, yes, I can stand up and speak, that's the confidence you get. And as you do more and you get more confidence, it actually gives you the confidence to do everything else you want to do in your business. And it just sort of changes how you present yourself and the more you do that the more confident you get the more you become who you need to be mm-hmm. and you grow into that and then you could be realizing that that allows you to share your stories and everybody has so many stories to share and people love a good story don't they we are almost conditioned as human beings to relate to a story. There's been a lot of studies done. And in fact, they've actually sort of proven that there's a little switch in our brain that when a story comes in, that little switch goes, oh, I'm going to listen to this. And they take it on board a lot easier. And I think it goes back way back to when we were in our tribes because the storyteller was the very important person in the tribe. And the reason the storyteller was important was because they passed on all the culture, the laws, everything that had to be passed on with stories from one generation to the other. So we're pretty well ingrained to learn through stories. So we have a lot of stories. And when we, I, I sort of say to my mentoring clients, when you get up to speak, just share your story, put it in there. Or the story that what What's bursting out of you? If you're an author, the story that you've put into your book, let it out. Uh, if you're an introvert, the story that's holding you behind your computer, step out and share it because people want to hear it. We have a lot in common because when people come on to my show, um, they say, well, how can I prepare? What am I going to talk about? It's like, well, I'm not going to ask you any questions unless I'm curious about something. Um, this is simply a conversation. Share what you're passionate about. Share your stories. Share what's alive for you. Share share what what you just learned. Share what you really want to share about. Um, just be yourself and turn up and and create a space for spirit to come through so that we can speak to what people need to hear rather than, you know, what we think 
people need to hear, which is a very different energy, completely different energy creation. Because, you know, you can sit down and watch people interview people and have this sort of agenda and where is the room there for what really needs to come through? There isn't really a lot of room there, not a lot. We do. We get caught up with this perception. And actually, it happens to people a lot in business. They get this really great idea or they have this, uh, this message or this training and they think, wow, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to share it with these people. Instead of thinking, well, what is it that is having people are having trouble? What is it that the market that I want to look at is really actually asking about and then helping them with that? So it's like you say, uh, I think, you know, I've got to share this particular story. But if you just let yourself connect with your audience and let yourself be you and share how you've got the, your, your pain, uh, your story, your, your uh, things that have helped you get along in your life and, and be you. Open up your heart and just be you. You know, you don't have to be really polished as a speaker. You really don't. People will forgive you a myriad of things if you're genuine and they know that they, you want to share your passion with them. The polish which I can give and, and all of that, that just takes you another level and helps you to really expand. But to just start speaking, be you. Just say what your message is and share it. I see so many people who are so passionate about what they do, are passionate about a message or are channeling a message they don't take that step to let it just flow through to the people who need to hear it because they let that little mindset, that fear or all that, oh, I've got to do it this way. They won't want to hear it that way. They let that in, get in the way rather than just saying, this is what I've got. This is what I've got to say and share it. Then the people who need to hear it will come and hear you. Yeah. Because they'll find it. It changes and evolves, doesn't it, Trish? Like, you know, as you're saying, like, it grows. You grow as a person. You're, you're, you find a style. You find the way you feel comfortable. You find the way you want to express yourself. You become more authentic, I think, um, and, and more creative about how you can share that message. But you have to start somewhere, right? It's like start now. Start where you are. Don't, don't ever wait till you're polished to start. Like, it doesn't work that way. It, it, it just doesn't. You just need to actually take those baby steps and just throw caution to in and just do it because that's my opinion. Because oh. I think, if, you know, if people wait, wait till they're good at public speaking. It's like, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like I'm getting this vision of, you know, we, we, we wake up, we've got a bad hair day and we've got makeup, we've got to put our makeup on. And, but really we look fine. Right, and then we spend an hour putting on makeup and doing our hair, and then we look really polished, but we don't look so genuine anymore. We're not really, we're overdone, yeah. And like people can smell that BS a mile away, they can smell it if you are just this person doing a talk the way they think that people they just they just that's the off-putting thing isn't it Trish yep, like it is look a lot of people when they starting to speak it, it doesn't matter whether it's just a small audience or not they they watch and see other great speakers you know they look at 
politicians, well, they're not always the best speakers, but they look at those, they look at some of the people that they model and they see people getting paid and they look at all those TED Talks and that, and they think that they've got to be exactly like them. And they try and do that. And that's the biggest mistake that any person starting on a speaking journey does because you can't. We are all unique. And if you try and speak like them, or you try and use the humor they use, or the words they use, and they're not, and that's not natural to you, you're very correct. The audience will pick that up. Your person, your client you're speaking to will pick that up, and they won't relate to you. So you've got to find what works for you and just polish that and be you. Everybody has talents. Everybody has something that they're good at, and you just polish that. Then you can add techniques and strategies to be in the next level. Uh, just coming back to what you're saying about taking action, I have a mentor that uh, I had at one time, and I love what they passed on to me, and I passed it on to my mentoring clients, and it's imperfect action. You need to take imperfect action. Believe me, if you wait until you're perfect, you're going to stay in that little pool, and I call it the comfort zone, and because people won't step outside that comfort zone, or they want to make until everything's perfect before they step outside that comfort zone. But what happens is that you stay in that pool of water and it becomes very stagnant and complacent, and you just sort of stay there in that little whirlpool and nothing happens. Uh, change, movement, energy, you've got to take a step for energy to flow. And as soon as you step outside that pool and take some imperfect action, hey, it might not be the best speech, but boy, it's energy that you have produced. And when you break down the barriers on that little pool of water and, and the rest of it flows through, then it takes you with you and you've got energy. So by doing that, you can now actually move. It doesn't have to be small steps, but small steps take you on a journey which stimulates the energy, which brings the creativity, which brings the confidence before you know it, you're running. That's exactly right. Hey, it's like you're tapping into the force of energy that will help you to perform. If you want to say perform, but you know what we're talking yeah. about. It's, it's like you're tapping into the mother load. You know, you're not forcing things. It's not, it's not forced. And, and you're right. I just love that. I just, that's glorious, imperfect action. Oh, I love it. I want to worship the, the altar of imperfect action. I really do because I feel like I'm a recovering perfectionist. I almost died from anorexia when I was in my 20s. I had the hormones of a 50-year-old woman when I was in my 20s. I probably got better hormones now. I'm 46. Um, I had hair falling out. I was a control freak mess who wanted to die and was probably well on the way to dying because I, had, I was cold all the time. I couldn't get warm. And I remember that's where my perfectionism led me. And... <laughs> I know that that doesn't work and I know that that doesn't bring peace. Waiting to be perfect or thinking there's this perfect thing that you have to aspire to really is, is, is non-action and it's really a, it's, a, it's a contracted, I believe, a contracted energy like this and it keeps you so tight and closed down and shut down that where can energy flow through you? Can't. Exactly. It's, it, we have to kind of just be willing, I think, to just, okay, okay, I'm just going to kind of let my control go it's, and just trust that this energy that you were talking about that starts to three, th flow through us, it, it starts to stimulate what you're saying, that creative energy, that everything, the, the food, the, the inspiration, the, 
strength, actually, the power um, that we actually really do want to connect with. I think at that deepest level, that's what perfection is, right? So it's kind of an irony, irony thing, ironic thing that we seek perfection that closes us down. When we open, we connect to the perfection of the powerful energy. We connect to the energy. We really do. Because just, just think about it. If something's perfect, where is the space for it to grow and change? You know? If it's really perfect, what can we learn from it? We can't. It's when things are imperfect, when there are challenges, when there are bumps in the road, that's when we learn. That's when we have creativity because we have to think of ways of getting around those challenges. We have to let our thoughts go outside the box, uh, how to express ourselves. And that's when we have movement and change and things grow. So perfection is not what I would call what I really aim for. I actually aim for imperfect action. I aim for imperfection because the more that I do something and I see, well, oh, it didn't quite work. That means I can add something extra of value. I can change something. I can be creative. I can be new. I can grow. But if I just kind of say, okay, that's perfect. What do I do? Yeah, that's very inspirational. I love that. <laughs> I love that. How good is that? Aiming for imperfection. It's so funny because I, I, I put on my, you know, it's funny how things happen. And I, I put on my post of Facebook this morning. I loved 2016. Is it just me? And then there were lots of these comments coming, like lots of comments coming. They're like, whoa, okay. Poke the bear. Um, a lot of people were like, no, it's just you, blah, blah, blah. And I just kept going, you know, a lot of people said, yes, I had a great, which is great. But there was a lot of comments going through about, you know what, it's actually what I took from that that is, you know, has made um, me look at 2016 as a gift or, or you know, to serve me and, and that kind of stuff rather than, oh, I just had a crappy 2016, so it's just it was just crappy then. Rather than, you know, all that stuff like you were saying was imperfect, it's helped to, it helped to challenge me, it helped to stretch me, it helped to grow me, it helped to evolve me and looking at the gifts of all that through it. Um, but, you know, that I also think too, like Trish, that, you know, when we connect to the energy of source, spirit, our higher self, that empowerment that we, we seek to feel so that we feel confident enough to get up and speak to people. But when we, when we connect to that energy, it, in, that, in that stream, it, it, is, um, it is perfect insofar as um, if, if you look at mindfulness, you know, like it's, it's streaming through at that moment, it's perfect, if you know what I mean. So it's like all those supposedly imperfect moments that we may judge as imperfect, even if we aim for imperfection, they're still perfect in themselves at that moment, of course, because we end up learning from them and they end up growing us. And it's, it's that, that perception of perfection really, isn't it? We think perfection has to be this pristine, absolutely object or whatever, work, course, whatever speech, Nothing goes wrong with it. It's all got all the edges have been ticked off or the boxes are ticked off. And that's pretty boring. I reckon that's pretty boring. Uh, perfection to me, yeah, it's, it's robotic. Perfection to me is growth. It's being in that moment to let that aha moments in. And you can't have aha moments in perfection. 
Well, at least that's my view. You can have aha moments in imperfection. You can have aha moments in, in growth and in your journey. And I guess I would call your little moments of perfection aha moments when yes. everything just like goes and, and you feel centered and you're in the moment and it just goes, wow, it all worked. Mm. That's an aha moment. And I can't have that if everything's perfect because yeah. how can I have an aha moment? I, I want to say something to you about your voice. Um, I notice sometimes you don't say ahs and you say were, and my husband does that too. And I just think it's adorable. And, you know, one could say as a perfect speaker, oh, you, you know, your diction should be this or that. It's like, why? It makes you so much more interesting to speak the way you speak. It, it's actually more animated. It's actually more enjoyable to listen to. It's cute. It's fun. Um, and I would say, yeah, like people who want to change little idiosyncrasies about themselves, um, then that's kind of veering away towards that judgment of the, what perfect should be or even what polish should be as well. Oh, I would hate that you ever polish away your little way to talk. Oh, look. Uh, you get what you get. I am who I am. Yeah, my voice and my words may not be the most perfectly, absolutely plummy voice you've ever heard. But me that's too. not me. Exactly. Uh, you get me. And I don't change in it. And that's how I connect. And if I was to try and change that, then I wouldn't be me. Exactly. And... Most people say they like my voice and uh, they can listen to me. I've got a, a, I say, conversational voice. That's fine. I really don't mind as long as my voice doesn't grate you and as long as you listen to me and my story gets across to you, well, that's all I want. Mm. That's it. That's so cool. That's nothing more than that. Mm. I love it. I love it. And it's so inspiring. I mean, it's just like, you know, um, I'm really curious actually about what is really um what's what's the, the the big thing that's happening for you this year or you know that's just happened that's grown you um you know trish the the person <laughs> oh trish the person okay well actually 2016 while i had a lot of challenges was not a bad year because my the challenges helped me to grow my business so it started to move a lot more this year well uh on the 6th of february i'm part of a tele summit that is a uh, global tele-summit with 35 other speakers in it. It's called the Butterfly Effect Tele-Summit. So by the time this airs, you'd probably be too late to get to it. But that's one of the things that I'm looking up for. I'm going over to America to speak and uh, be there. I'm going to be speaking... Sorry? When are you heading over? Uh, 24th of March. So I will be back by the time this airs. <laughs> no, sorry. 24th of February. 24th of February, I'm going to America. I'll be back on the 12th of March. Uh, I've got three books that will be coming out this year that I've co-authored. One that I've co-authored and uh, is all about stories and finding your stories and sharing it with someone who's a PR magician. And there is a this Tally Summit that I'm going to be part of. There will be a book coming from that that will be released in April. So very close to when this comes out, you'll be looking for the Butterfly Effect Tally Summit book. That'll come out with 35 stories from 35 people. It'll be absolutely brilliant for that. Uh, I'm also coordinating another book this year, which I hope to launch in October. 
which is called Touched by Breast Cancer. And I'm canvassing for authors who've been touched by breast cancer to be part of that. And that'll be people who've either had breast cancer or people who know somebody, alternative therapists, doctors, uh, healers, tattooists, anybody that's had some sort of story who wants to be a contributing author, we're, we're canvassing for them. So those are sort of, oh, and there's another book that I'm writing as well, which will be released. So I'm doing a lot of that. And by the time this airs, my online program, I'll have an online program launched. So, and I'm really heavily involved in my mentoring program. So I'm just being me and having fun and sharing my passion so that other people can be them and have their fun and share their message. And that's what I like about this ripple effect because I share my passion. I share all my expertise to help you be able to share yours, which then influences someone else, which influences someone else. And it's got to start somewhere. Absolutely. I, I love your community-mindedness, Trish. I, I'm very, very much along those lines myself and, um, you know, banding together with people who have, have you know, want to help people and, um, you know, in their way, you know. And I just love that you're doing that. I, th I feel that that's a very evolved level of, um, you know, uh, where when, when we step into that kind of energy. It's not about me, me, me anymore. It's, and I really do feel strongly about that, is that we're all helping each other um, mm -hmm. and cross-pollinating, you know, with mm -hmm. each other and really supporting each other. And I feel that that's an important part. I seriously do. I feel that's a really important part of um, helping people to really into who they are. Because, you know, um, you know, if you're anything like me, you've probably been quite, once you've overcome your own challenges quite uh, well, the way I would describe it is that my will was disabled and then it was enabled again, like spiritualized, if you like. And so people ask me, oh, how do you get motivated? It was like, well, actually I've been, I've been at a point where I, 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 felt, I felt broken, even though I wasn't broken, but I felt broken. And I think when you come back from that, you know, there's, there's more of a sense of, you know, um, finding out who you are, but then that then moves on and it moves on to what, 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 what can we do collectively? And I feel that's a really big thing for me, like a huge thing for me in my growth. Um, and it's wonderful to, to see you're doing that. I, I feel like I've done that through my magazine, my TV show, and um, being involved in summits. I was involved in four summits last year, 2016. Mm. Um, I really loved that. Um, if I had more time, I probably would have been even more in the community around that because it was all so new and fresh and, you know, what do you do? What do we do? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. I, there you go. You know, I did a few of those. Did a few of those last year. Those tele summits, and I love those. Um, I guess that's why I'm, I'm quite loving my radio show, because to me that's one of the ways that I can give back. I just absolutely love finding guests, and I have them on my show, and they just like. There's so many aha moments that come from that because it allows them to share their message. It allows them to grow. And it allows them to realise that they can do something like that and be confident. In fact, about five of my previous guests are now radio hosts because they liked it so much that they decided to do it. And, and that's, 
that was something that was really big for me last year was starting that and that's what I love always on lookout for people to interview it's called step up and speak out with Trish so good I love that I was just about to ask the name of it step up and speak out with Trish oh I love that that is so cool it's all about people who stepped up and spoke out about their message and their passion and their business yeah oh it's great and I know what you mean um kind of have to pinch myself sometimes and go, is this really, am I really working? Is this, is this, is this, my, is this spiritual assignment really work? Because I'm really enjoying it so much, getting to know people and really feeling like genuine connections. I mean, we could just be going, you know, let's have an enlightened conversation and, and I don't know, but not feeling that what you were talking about before, like that connection, like really feeling connected. And for me, I think it's all about that. I think that if you're not feeling that connection with your guests on your show or in your work or where you're, who you're speaking to, I think people sense that first. I think they actually sense that first. And I think people are more evolved than we give them credit for. So if we can't remember what we're saying, just say we've you know, got so much to say and maybe planned it all, blah, blah, blah but we lose traction, fumble, whatever. I, I reckon just focus on the connection with everybody. Would you recommend that as well? Is that something that you would say? I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of trying to give you guidance on public speaking. I'm just, just reading, <laughs> reading what's going on. No, look, it's, that's very true. Uh, I guess my connection, what I say is if you do suddenly forget what you're going to be speaking and often the there's a couple of reasons for that one of them is because people try and memorize what they're going to say and that's a big mistake never try and memorize it uh, you know yourself you know your expertise you put it into dot points and you speak to that because as soon as you try and memorize it if your mind goes blank you're going to forget every other thing and then the other course is sometimes it becomes nervous tell you what i was speaking and I was in a, actually in a competition, in a speech competition, and my mind went blank. Mm. Absolutely. And that wasn't too long ago. And all I did was what I recommend to people is I stopped, I paused, and I smiled. Mm -hmm. And that is my get out of jail card. By smiling, I'm connecting with them. And I don't apologize because they're never going to know. Look, 99% of your audience are not going to know what you're going to say next. Only you know that. So if you say it in a different order, if you leave out a whole chunk, if, you, if they're not going to know that unless you say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, oh my God, I'm, I forgot, hang on a minute, I've got to go back, then they know that you've forgotten it. But if you just pause, take a deep breath, smile, and then the words will come, and then you continue. Now, if it's forgotten something, so be it. If it seems a little bit disjointed, you might think it is, but they're probably not even going to notice because they'll be caught up in the next brilliant words that you've got to say and they'll be exactly. with you on that. So, yeah, I call it, you call it connecting. I call it just smiling, which is connecting with the audience. So that's my recommendation to you. If you ever forget, use that pause because pause is absolutely gold. People think, oh, my gosh, She's given me time to think about what she's just said. And they're thinking, wow, that yeah. was really, really important. And they so, don't know that inside here, you're going, oh, my God, what am I going to say next? What am I? So if I smile a lot at you, you're never going to know whether it's because I actually like to smile at you or whether I've completely forgotten what I'm going to say. You won't know. 
I just smile. But you're still connecting to yourself. I think that's the main thing. And people pick up on that because if you don't, if you're just smiling, but you're feeling horrible inside, I think that, that there is a level of intelligence emotionally and psychically that people can pick that up. So I think, it, you know, to remain genuine is important. You know, um, who cares if we forget something? Only, really, only us. People don't care. People are so forgiving. They're just they're like, not, they're too busy. You're right. They're too busy processing what you, la what you last said. To, they're to not really going to, you know, if you get a couple of words wrong, if you get a sentence wrong, or you leave out a whole chunk, they're not going to know it. They're just going to go with the flow and the energy of your message. So just exactly. you go with the flow and the energy and let it take you. Yeah. It's only if you start to say, oh, I'm sorry. And when soon as you start to say, I'm sorry, or, I forgot to tell you this or, or that, uh, then that becomes disjointed. But if you yes. just let yourself become centered, take a deep breath, because I always like breathing as being centered, a couple of breaths, centered, smile, and just go with the flow of what's coming out, it just comes and, and you can still connect with that audience. So be yourself, let what you've got to say come, and don't be so hard on yourself and forgive yourself. Yeah, I like yeah. that. And, and maybe we forgot it too, there's a reason. Maybe there's something else that we need to say, and if we stress about it, we won't we won't kind of get it. But if yeah. we just relax and we and we smile and just go, you know what? I'm just going to pause and enjoy this moment of, of me forgetting because maybe something even more grand is going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah. Then that could be also another invitation for spirit to to drop in and go. Well, you know what? You planned all that from your head, but you know what? Just throw that out. Just come from your heart because this group can. That's what yeah. they need. That's what this great. To be able to do that, that's where the confidence comes in. And that's where uh, the techniques and strategies that you learn. So the, the speaking journey will give you that confidence, will give you the techniques and strategies to have the confidence to go, hey, so what? And maybe I need to go in somewhere else. And that's the whole process of that journey, which gives you that confidence to be yourself yeah. and to go where you need your message needs to take you. Do, do you teach about um, connecting with your higher self and your spiritual guidance? Is that, is that part of your training too? I talk not so much about that in those exact words, but I talk about the mindset that you have within you. I talk about centering uh, and yeah. visualisation and connecting with your audience and speaking from the heart. So it's the same sort of things but I use a slightly different terminology so that my clients understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, every, um, you know, some, I think some client bases can, can relate to that in yeah. the heart stuff and it doesn't sort of trip them up too much if they've got issues around, I don't know, religion or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel that that's great. That's awesome that you, that you incorporate that in there because that's, that's really them plugging in, I think, to their authenticity when they can do that. Like that's what, that's what they're really plugging into. That's um, plugging in who they are. And exactly. then they're having the courage to share who they are with the people who need to hear it and connect with them. Yes. And it does take courage. Oh, look. Uh, it, it might sound easy, you know, you, they might, people, your listeners and who are watching and listening to this are going to say, oh, yeah, it's very easy for her to say that. It's not that easy. Well, no, it's not. But 
really, is anything worth doing well that easy? No. It just takes what I call 30 seconds of insane courage to start. Mm. And once you take that courage and start and think about sharing it with other people, then you work on it and it becomes, it's never going to become easy per se because I don't want it to be easy. I like it to be a challenge all the time because that's what gets the adrenaline going and that's what makes and allows me to be genuine and to make that connection. When it becomes really easy, it becomes blah, 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 becomes rote and I lose that connection with my people. I become robotic. I'm reading it. I don't have that spark in there. So you want to always have a little bit of those nerves. You want to have that little bit of tenseness. That's okay because that's what becomes the energy to wow your audience and to be who you are and let your whole being out. That's what you need. Mm, that's an interesting concept. I've, I've, I find that the less um, pressure I put on myself to have to remember and do something, I find that a lot easier because I'm not putting myself under that stress and I feel more relaxed and open and then I feel more natural. So I suppose we're all put together differently. But for me, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pro I probably find that there's less, I'm more in my body, you know, like I drop more into my body and my heart space. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, still like, you know, there's that, there's a level, of, of course, there's a level of excitement because there's natural curiosity and it's fun. It's and, you know, it's more fun rather than um, fear. Like, you know how they say the body doesn't recognise the difference yeah. between fear and and like excitement and stress, like it's kind of interesting. But it's two sides of the same coin. One side is nervous, I want to run away, I don't, can't do this, I'm feeling really sick. But the other side of the coin is excitement and I want to share. And they has the same physical experiences, it's just the perception of am I excited or am I nervous and petrified and scared? You just need to change that switch in how you perceive that and say, I'm not, I'm excited. I'm anticipating. I am so full of energy that I'm vibrating and I want to be able to share it. So you turn the nervous, scared feelings into the excited energy and sharing. If you think about, if you think about when you were young, just the night before Christmas, and you were anticipating all those Christmas presents under the tree and the whole thing. And if you think about it, you had this, the butterflies in the stomach, you might have been shaking, your voice, you might have been bouncing up and down and, and really shaking. Well, that's just, that was excitement. And when we're nervous and scared, we have the same sort of thing. We get the butterflies in the stomach, we're bouncing up and down, we're tense and we're shaking. And that's nervousness. So if we take that same feeling and think about when we were excited, think about when you, that first date you were ever on and you were anticipating the knock on the door and to go out that date and you had the butterflies in the stomach and, and all that and the energy, but you were excited about it. Well, that's the feeling that you cultivate. So instead of saying, oh, that's nervous and I'm scared, you say, oh, wow. That is brilliant. I'm excited. I've got energy. I can connect. I can use it to share my message. And when you look at it from that perspective, it becomes pretty powerful. Definitely. And you can have more fun with it then. You're, you're 
fun. You know, it's you absolutely be more playful, find the child within yourself, be more playful, be more joyful, be more ambient with your audience, be more, um, yeah, just, just, just a lighter energy altogether, really. You know? I, I love what I do and I just like to have as much fun when yeah. I do it. And I get so excited. It doesn't matter whether I'm speaking to one person, 10 people, 15, 100. It doesn't matter. It's just, wow, this is an opportunity to connect and share my message with those who need to hear it. How long did it take you to get here? Like, um, did, you have, did you have a point in your life where you cracked through that? Like, um, I don't know a lot of the backstory, but... Okay. Uh, look, when I left school, I was very much an introvert and you could say your, your typical wallflower. My concept of going to a meeting and speaking to people was to find the tallest pot plant, hide behind it, look for the exit sign, see the clock, time 10 minutes, and then I was out there. I hadn't even spoken to anybody, but I figured I was actually at the meeting, so I was actually doing connecting. wasn't working too well, I can tell you. And through my life, I, I would not want to get up and speak. So I would delegate that. Uh, if I did, it wasn't the best. Uh, and I avoided it. I, I just didn't like to do it. So there were a few moments in my life that came to that. Uh, one was I joined Toastmasters. And I didn't join Toastmasters, which is an organisation that helps you uh, have the and a supportive environment to speak. I didn't join it to speak. I joined it because we moved up here and I wanted to make some friends. And what I found was that people actually were encouraging me to share my story. And I found I absolutely loved it. And I thought to myself, I love sharing my story. I love training. I love helping other people to do that. So it was a mentor that helped me with that. And that's why I'm very passionate about mentoring. My concept of mentoring is to believe in my client until they can believe in themselves mm -hmm. and then to help them have the techniques and strategies to take that belief and grow and be who they want to be. Lovely. That's my whole concept of mentoring because that's what happened to me, to a mentor. Yeah. Uh, the other couple of things was Stephen Bradbury. You know, remember him? He was the... Uh, ice skater in the Winter Olympics, the one who was in that ice skating race where everybody fell down and he skated across and got the gold medal. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of controversy about, oh, well, should he have got it because everybody fell down? And uh, there were things that he said at the time that really resonated because what he said was he had put the preparation in. If he hadn't, as an early age, decided he wanted to do ice skating, which in Australia isn't a big sport, if he hadn't put the time and effort in, if he hadn't won through the trials to actually get to the Winter Olympics, if he hadn't won through the preliminaries to actually be in the final, then he wouldn't have been there ready to skate across that line when the opportunities come. And that struck with me and resonated because I feel speaking and communication give you the skills to have the confidence so when opportunities come, you're ready to step up and grab them. And I had looked back on my life, I thought there were a lot of opportunities that came because I had that fear of speaking. And I realized that the confidence that I got from that speaking journey has given me the confidence to grab opportunities, to do a radio show, to speak to people, to uh, actually you know, get up and share the message, uh, to be able to share the story and passion in my heart. So 
a mentor realizing that if you're prepared when the opportunities come, then you can really shine. And I think the third one, which is something I wouldn't wish on any of people watching or listening was in 2007, we lost our son Craig to suicide. And that is a very life changing event. And I had to do the eulogy at his funeral. And you don't get a second chance of doing due testament to someone's life. You have to do it then and there, which I did. And it wasn't too many months later when I was processing a lot of things. But I had this aha moment and realized that, yeah, it may sound strange, but it was my speaking and communication skills that allowed me to stand there, harness the emotion, but still be coherent, to be able to share my son's stories. And so I realized that while I don't wish that on anybody, we all have crisis situations. We all have times where it's just merely going up to the school and talking to the school teacher because there's something that we want to share about our child. The techniques and strategies you get on your speaking journey allow you to do that. And when you realize that, that speaking underpins everything you do, then you realize just how valuable enhancing those skills can be for your business and your personal life. And, and that's what's brought me to where I am now. Uh, those, those three things to realize that it's okay for me to share my story. I don't have to be perfect. I am who I am. Uh, by giving myself the full opportunity, I can grab opportunities when I've got all the strategies and techniques. I'm ready to grab opportunities when they come and there'll never be a lost opportunity. Yes, I can say no if I want to, but I can say no fully grounded in that if I wanted to, I could say yes and do and succeed in what I want to do. And to realize that if there's a crisis, if there's a situation, I can stand there confidently and deal and speak during that crisis. And that's what drives me, basically. And because I know that, then I know there's so many people out there who can need to be the same and need to be aware of just how strong they can be and just how much they've got to share with everybody. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and then it's, it's really acknowledging and I'm getting goosies as I'm, you know, <laughs> feeling what you're saying. It's, it's really reclaiming ourselves to be able to use the gift that we have been born with and to, we never know when we're going to be called to have to speak and we can hide in the shadows and mm -hmm. we can pretend we can pretend that we don't need to speak. But I, I believe that this is part of our human journey that we have been asked to speak and been given a voice to speak and express. And if we have issues around not being able to speak, then it's much more significant than just the fact that we don't want to speak or be a person who likes to speak, obviously. There are deeper issues at play that really need to be looked at because, as you said, you never know when you're going to be called to speak when you need to speak. And so if you're holding yourself back in some way, shape or form, those opportunities will present themselves and float on by and there will also be other opportunities that you would probably look back in your life and go, I really didn't give that justice because I wasn't, I didn't allow myself to step into my power enough. 
That's so right. I really love the work. It's wonderful, wonderful work that you're doing, Trish. Thank you so much for, for, for you know, uh, having having the tenacity of spirit and seizing your opportunities to turn up and and be be loud and proud about your voice because it's it's really an inspiration to so many people. I'm sure so many people needed to hear that today. So I really appreciate you sharing that. That's okay. That's that's what I do. That's that's my passion. That's my passion. And I'm grateful. Now, um, before we finish up today, I just want to double check with you that we make sure we tell everybody where they can find you, um, your website or whatever social media you prefer, however you prefer to be contacted, basically, because I like people to, uh, to uh, lots, lots of people don't like websites, so ah, just find me on Facebook. So whatever you feel. Uh, you can contact me in a variety of ways. My website is trishspringsteen.com. And if you can go there, that's my mentoring site. That's my speaking site. So if you want me to speak at your event or conference uh, or MC anything, you can go there and book me. If you want to have a 15-minute discovery Skype session with me, you can go there and book there as well. You can send me an email at info at trishell, which is T-R-I-S-C-H-E-L.com.au. And then if you go to Facebook, and you put Trish Springsteen in, you will find me. I'm the purple lady. I'm all over no. Facebook. I have about three or four business pages. You can oh, PM me. Yeah, lovely. You can PM me there. I'm on Instagram. You can get me on LinkedIn. Just put Trish Springsteen in there. I come up there. Uh, you can get me on Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest. So I'm all over social media. Uh, my blog is on trishspringsteen.com. And I'm really proud of my blog. I actually got awarded last year uh, top 50 public speaking blogs for 2016. So I was really quite chuffed about that. Awesome. And you'll find my blogs read the way I, read, I speak, basically. So you'll get the same sort of person. So, yeah, you can contact me anywhere. Friend me, PM me. Happy to have a talk with you. Happy to share. Happy to speak anywhere. Awesome. Beautiful work, beautiful person, beautiful purple. <laughs> Love the purple. <laughs> Love the purple. Um, and um, I look forward to seeing your journey unfold and I'm sure it's going to be delightful. And um, also just everybody, just to let you know that um, Trish wrote a fantastic article in our um, summer edition, 2016 edition or 17, that that summer, our summer in Australia is actually December 2016 to January 2017, that area. Um, and she wrote a fantastic article about are you being selfish and asking yourself that question. So if you want to pick yourself up a free copy, um, go right ahead and read it. I'm sure we'll be publishing more of that um, article as well, Trish, as we roll out this episode. Um, but you can find it on our website, lightworkreflections.com and under Lightworker Advocate magazine, summer edition of 2017 <laughs> oh that was a mouthful all right well lovely again to thank you so much for gracing us with your present beautiful and um I'm, i wish you all the joy and success uh and beautiful energy that you're sending out there to the planet so thank you you're very welcome and thank you so much michelle for having me here allowing me to share a little bit of what i feel and hear.